welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 56, the Punchboarders go over some recent plays, talk about a Kickstarter corner, review Goa, and draft our favorite games with a physical ship. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. No, nah, I'm Richie. That's a that's going to be an interesting draft. <laughs> yeah, a physical so. <laughs> ship. Yep. Who Especially came up with this idea? That was your buddy, Corey. Yep. It's especially going to be interesting since one of us here did not prepare at all. So we're going to see if you can tell who that is. <laughs> Classic. We're not going to say who that is. Okay? <laughs> pre- it's all, it's right up here. It just. In that noggin. Yep. I, right. I can, I can make it flow. I, it's no problem. That's good. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys, remember a couple episodes ago, we were talking about what to watch on TV, uh, you know, yeah, during yeah. this wonderful time of staying home. Well, for some people, uh, I can't, I couldn't do it. I kept trying to get into the expanse and it just wasn't working for me. Uh, everybody tells me I got to keep going, but I, I just, I can't right now. Now you're good. Just, you, I'm telling you, just read the synopsis. You'll be fine. I, then why? I don't even know why I would bother. <laughs> I just had to read the synopsis. Better idea. You gave me a great idea or a great suggestion, I should say. Okay. And I started watching an amazing show that I'm really digging. I'm about halfway through the season two right now. Ozark. Ooh, that is good. Oh, and fantastic. you know, I I actually like The Expanse, but I like Ozark better. So, oh yeah, it's not even, yeah, yeah, I know, not even I know. Oh, I love Jason Bateman. I mean, I just really everything that he's done has always been really good for me. And I can't think of who his wife is in Ozark, but she's been in a lot. Laura too. Linney. Yeah, she's, Laura she's Linney. really great. She's really great too. Uh, really great acting. But I mean, the the storyline is compelling. I mean, that first episode, it was like just hooked you. I mean, like right away, you're just like thinking wow this is this is good it kind of reminds me in some ways of breaking bad but i would say the acting across the board is better than in breaking bad like every actor in ozark is pretty darn good whereas breaking bad it was just kind of brian cranston and then everybody else most of the time so yeah and actually i think i like the characters more they're more interesting yeah 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 i can see that okay yeah another one i just I watched it in a day because I'm I'm working from home till I didn't know if I updated you guys. I'm working at home until October. Whoa, holy now. cow! So a lot more uh, binge TV. So uh, punch punch. If you could send in suggestions to me because I'm starting to run out myself. <laughs> but I, I just finished the first season of Devs. It's on Hulu and FX, I believe. And it's called what? Devs. Devs. Yep. D E. Vs. Okay. Devs. It has uh, I can't remember his actual name. I can't think of his name, but it's uh, it's Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec is the one of the lead actors. And okay. Really good. It, it's a good sci-fi hmm. kind of. I would I would just check it out. It's, it, for, okay. All right. I don't want to explain anything because it will give stuff away. But okay. Check it okay. out. Well, I'm sure they're not listening to us for TV recommendations. But I want to ask you: Is it is this because of your sabbatical that you're staying at home, or is that work? Uh, my work has just put out a thing that the whole company will be home till at least October. Wow, so, that's that's big. Yeah, I don't want to talk about my sabbatical because right. I took Take off time. for August to go to Gen Con for the first time yeah. this year, and uh, that's not Sorry. happening. I was just going to say, listen to this, though. This might make you feel a little bit better because the cons are all getting shut down, unfortunately, and Essen just got canceled. But listen to this. At least this didn't happen to you. I've 
heard from some people just recently that some of the hotels in Essen aren't giving any refunds Ooh. and they're not rolling it over to next year either. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. Can you I'm imagine that, spending yeah, that money? Yeah, I was saying I'm glad I did not put any money into this yet. Also, I think about some in. of those game companies, those publishers that like thrive at being at conventions and, and word of mouth for their games. I mm-hmm. mean, I really there's a lot of game companies that I love that I hope are, are doing OK with this. So, Richie, I'm just curious. Are you can you postpone your sabbaticals? No, I can't. But mm. I mean, the the nice thing, at least with mine, because there's a lot of people that I work with that I know, like had planned trips overseas and stuff like that that all got canceled mine i was just gonna go to gen con and then go hang out with my family take the kids back to ohio and hang out with my family Uh i can at least still do that second part and i mean gen con was just one weekend of my sabbatical so maybe not as bad maybe you can plan like richie con and you can just oh yeah you know like you can august to your house with an itinerary you know come to your parents house and be like now now you're talking chad i I like it just make a calendar here's the events that are happening you know all right well hey i'm gonna work on that (laughs) all right all right mom dad here's the itinerary we're doing food chain magnet on thursday (laughs) Uh, i mean teaching ticket to ride was a struggle so i don't don't know if i'm gonna i could not see your mom or dad (laughs) it's it's ironic that all the sudden when i said that richie started squeezing that stress ball (laughs) oh so richie what have you been playing here lately uh well we actually got in a a play and this this came up in slack and it was already set up on my table so i I made sure to play it last night and that that is first class which is a older card game came out i can't remember exactly when it came out a few years ago uh, but it's basically Russian Railroads, the card game, essentially. It's the same designer, Helmet Oli. And in this game, it's actually extremely fast. And Jessica had played it before, but I had to give her a quick rules teach. But after we played it, she was like, I, I remember that being a lot longer. I said it's possible that I just taught it <laughs> wrong the first time. But <laughs> in the game, it is played over six rounds. Uh, and at the end of every even round, there's a scoring phase. Uh, but the way that it works is that you'll set out these cards and there are different modules that you can play with. You have these you have base cards and then you'll mix in two uh, modules every time you play. And we played module A and B in this one. You'll flip out. I think it's 18 cards, regardless of the number of players that you play with. You flip out the same amount of cards uh, in three different rows. And then on your turn, you're going to draft a card, take the action of the card. And then the other person goes. And as soon as you have drafted three cards each, the, the round ends. Uh, And the really cool thing about this as far as the drafting goes, especially for two players, is that as soon as a number of cards equal to the number of players is taken out of a row, it clears that row. So you really, uh, I mean, it brings that tension to as far as like, I really want this card, but I really need this card. And if I don't take this now, it's possible that card will just be wiped out uh, once the other person drafts. So after you draft your cards and you do the actions on the cards, the main way that you're really scoring points on this is that you have a train route that you'll be, you can build out. And then you also have two trains that you can send your conductors down and score points basically on those. But just like in Russian railroads, you'll start out this game only scoring, you know, a few points in the first couple of rounds. But once you get to that, you know, that that third scoring phase, you're going to end up like scoring, you know, as far as total gameplay goes, you're going to end up scoring like 150, 160 points and up mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, but it's got that same kind of engine building as Russian railroads. And like, like I said earlier is... The really thing that I really like about this as well is that it has a different module. So in the base game, I think there's five modules, A through E. Yep. And then you can buy, they have two mini expansions that's, that are modules F and G, which I have. I have not had a chance to play this yet. I know uh, Clef likes this game quite a bit as well. Have you had 
a chance to play any of the like newer modules? I, I don't I don't believe I even own the expansion ones or okay. whatever that but uh I've played all the base ones that are in the base game. Is there any modules that you don't like or uh the the one weird one I'm 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 happy it's in there just because I like the idea of it, but the one weird one in there that is not that great is the clue yeah. or the, the murder mystery the one. The murder mystery, yep. That's yeah. exactly how I feel. I mean, the game is called First Class All Aboard the Orient Express, so, I mean, I get it, but yeah, it, the way it's implemented is just kind of wonky, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I like all the other modules that I've played so far. The the latest one, the G one, also kind of looks a little funky. Mm-hmm. It's got some type of magician and a rabbit and top hat. I don't know. It's it's odd, but I'll, I'll give it a try here eventually. Yeah, I, I think the thing I like about it the most is it's one of those games where you can really feel clever at times about yourself because you've got all those extra actions that you can kind of take with the money and you know you can do something where you can have a really big turn where you put out a bunch of track and then you move your guy up and then this triggers and that triggers you know I, I just always feel really clever sometimes when I play that or I feel yeah. really stupid you know because oh right. man I should have done that <laughs> and I, I like the drafting even at two players I think it's mm-hmm. a solid game I, yeah. I, I've always really enjoyed it um, I personally I mean I like Russian railroads too but I, for a shorter time span I, I really enjoy first class yeah. Yeah, I think it says 20 minutes per player on the box. And I mean, honestly, you might be able to get it in shorter than that. But it's yeah, pretty close. Especially pretty people dead know on. what they're doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. All right. But yeah, that's what I've been playing first class. Uh, Chad, what have you been playing? Well, there are two, two games I'd actually like to talk about. Uh, one of them is... Uh, <laughs> Typical Chad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll bring this up since you since you uh, since you started or you talked about kind of that sort of designer. Uh, I played uh, eighteen Lilliput recently. Oh, nice. Which is like the card game, which is I would call it eighteen XX adjacent. It's not quite eighteen XX in my opinion, but uh, that's from Lonnie Orgler, who was the other half of Russian Railroads, and he's done some eighteen XX games as well. But in that game, you are it's it's basically a card game, and you're laying out cards instead of tiles on your route. Um, the the powers are like pri- the private companies that you start out with in most 18xx games are like powers so you have a guy who gives you a special power basically and that guy lets you gives you access to you know maybe a certain tile like you might expect with private companies or he he lets you do something special with some of the actions and then the other thing that you're doing is you're drafting two action cards per turn so that's how you're taking your you know you're either buying stock or you're or your um, laying rails, or you know that kind of stuff, and that those are your actions. It's interesting. It wasn't as, it's not long like an eighteen XX is, but it's definitely even at two. It's definitely more than an hour plus. It's not that. It's not as snappy as I expected it to be. That doesn't mean that it's it's bad. Um, it just like I said, it's eighteen XX adjacent. So it's still an interesting game. It sits in a weird space though. Not you know, you'd think, okay, I'm gonna get this out and I'm gonna play it just to give a quick taste to somebody, but it goes longer than you would expect to give them that qu- quick taste. And, you know, we're gonna be talking about eighteen Chesapeake soon and so it's interesting at where that space sits and when you'd want to play it versus, you know, when you'd want to play an 18XX or something else. But uh, I still found it to be an interesting game. So you guys have any interest in playing that one? Yeah. I mean, well, Cuff's got a lot of... 120 new games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever behind. you want to put on the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll try anything once, so... Okay. Well, the other one, just really quick, the other one that I played, I just played it last night with my son, is Everdell, which is a much lighter game than the one I just talked about. But it is, it's a 
tableau game, basically, with cute little animals. And really, to be honest, it's all about the production. I mean, there's nothing that is particularly uh, groundbreaking about it, but it's okay. That's okay. You know, it's it's a charming game. And my son, you know, we played because what you're doing is you're drawing cards and you're you're taking worker placement spots to get resources and some of the cards have worker placement spots. And honestly, because it builds and builds and builds. You, you know, you're going through seasons and then you get to grab more workers as you go to the different seasons and you have more cards in your tableau. So the actions build. It reminded me of Imperial Settlers in that way, where the last few turns take a lot longer because you've got a lot more in your tableau, which is the one nice thing about when we talked about wingspan, how they sh- they tighten it up. You get less action cubes and it sort of hones it, even though you've got more ca- cards in your tableau. But anyway, it reminded me of that in in that way. And also that the print on the cards is super duper small, yeah, just like tiny. Imperial <laughs> Settlers. And so, um, so there's that. But I my my son loved it. He really loved it. We played with open hands almost because he just loved seeing the cards. I mean, like I said, the art from Bosley. I see why this got nominated for a bunch of awards. Uh, you know, last couple of years because uh, the art really makes it live. You know, and he was really excited about it. So it's a fun, lighter game, and uh, and we had a, a nice time with it. And honestly, Clef, I know you had talked about this recently, but the tree doesn't bother me, and I'll tell you why. Because I wouldn't want to play this game with ever with more than three and probably just at two because of what I talked about how those actions start to balloon and it goes longer than I want it to Mm -hmm. and so if you set the tree to the side kind of and set the board kind of between you that way then it doesn't block anything but yeah otherwise for a four-player game it seems kind of silly Mm. I mean this is you know this is probably me being the old curmudgeon you know person but that is a game to me that too much time was put into the production of the game as opposed to the game itself. I just, I just, it, you know, and I realize, you know, sure, I'm, I'm fine with very basic, simple components, but there's just too much there of components and not enough substance in the game for me. That's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it and it seemed like a nice little tableau game and i know a lot of people do like it It, obviously it's a lighter affair but you know just for me i just i could have done without the tree i couldn't see half the cards i mean i had to put them down where i could see like you said i mean there's more going on in the cards than i particularly need you know i i want the function but once again that just comes down to what kind of gamer you are and if, if you like that you know that stuff it's probably a good game for you yeah, and I I play. It's definitely a lighter game. I I think I think that's more of the I would would say would be the hang up for you than the production because obviously you know you just bought whatever for antiquity, so it's not like you don't like nice pieces. No, but that see, there's a difference, and I still and I I know you guys are joking about it, but there's a difference. That was because it, it actually enhanced the game play. It, it helped the flow of the game because it's easier to see them and be able to tell what is what. And for one thing, they're easier to grip and, and put out there on the board because they're still such small pieces. I didn't buy those because, ooh, I wanted something to look pretty, you know. Um, uh, you know, and I'm not against nice components. I mean, I love brass, you know, in the updated version. It's beautiful. It looks great, but it's very functional. And once again, I, I don't have any problem with that type of game or like, you know, a game like Wingspan or any of these that, you know, certainly the production is more than what the gameplay is. And I'm fine with that because I'm, you know, for me as a gamer, I'm going to go after those games that have more in the gameplay and less in the production for the most part. But 
what what's you know what's the game of the year wingspan you know what do most people want to play wingspan i get it i understand it that's why i'm the old curmudgeon of the uh you know the board game world here different strokes man but i was just i i will just say that i was really happy to have it because finn finn got really into it he wanted to talk about it afterwards and that's one that he's going to want to play more and it's did you get the wooden tree no No. i've heard that but because they don't i didn't i didn't want to read the instructions right i don't i was like this is a cardboard tree i'll just put this together but then you just you you have that leaf thing and and it's supposed to go down sideways and i'm jamming and jamming and the top of the tree sort of crumples in on itself and finally i look over at the thing and it goes oh you're supposed to put this down diagonally right. <laughs> right. yeah. well the wooden tree is nice i played it it, it might uh, be coming <laughs> i played that with uh, jason and patrick at atb con and they had the wooden tree in their box and it was re- really nice that's cool <laughs> well clef share with us what you've been playing what what heavy Ooh. really ugly oh very functional game you've been playing <laughs> well the one i want to talk about is is pretty ugly <laughs> functional Maybe not so much because it, it can be tough to, to uh, see it. I actually I got another game of Indonesia in, and I hadn't played this in, since Origins of last year when we got to play with Clay and Tim from Capstone and then uh, Joel, and Joel taught it to us, but I remember that night not understanding the game like hardly at all because I am definitely more of a like to read the rules and really understand what I'm doing rather than listening to somebody, not to mention... I think I was half asleep because it was like the last night we were there. And I mean, I I think I fell asleep during the rules and I might be able to do that sometimes with certain games with that game, not even close because it's a lot going on. So anyways, I really, I dug into the rules and I was like, okay, I'm ready to teach this. So had a couple of guys come over and we played a four player game of Indonesia and it is still a game that is very tough to understand. I mean, it's a, it's a pick up and deliver game. I mean, that's basically what it is. But it has a lot of interesting mechanisms in it where you kind of go through, uh, you get, you just go through certain steps each round. And, you know, one of the things is, is gaining companies. And then you have these companies and they can be like rice or spice or oil or different things like that. And then you're trying to ship them and other people will get shipping companies. And when you go to ship them, if you use somebody else's shipping company, you have to pay them to ship. And the object is just to have the, the most money. But the most interesting part of this game is that at any point, any player who is up enough on this, what's called an R&D track, on these things called mergers, can literally take any two of the same company and merge them together. And I'm not talking one of yours and somebody else's. You literally, I could say, Chad and Richie, your two rice companies we're going to merge them together and everybody's going to bid on them. And then everybody will then start a bidding. Uh, you know, there's certain ways to determine how much money it starts out, but everybody will then start to bid on that company. And whoever ends up winning that company, let's say it was like me and it was both of your companies, we would split the money in a certain way, depending on how many goods you guys had. So you'd still make money off of it, but then I would own that and I would have a little bit more of a kind of a monopoly type of thing. So I could be like, oh, I'm the one who gets to ship rice, you know, type of thing. Well, and then the other person, depending on what else they've got, is sitting there at the table with no other money-making prospects all of a sudden sometimes. Yeah, you literally can just, oh, you have nothing now, Richie. Ha <laughs> ha. 
you know, <laughs> which is really, really fun. Now, I will say this, because the rule book's a little tough too, I did kind of miss, I, I misunderstood the mergers and I thought it when you were at merger one, you could just take any two companies and put them together, including I thought you could take a one that was already merged and merge it with one, but it's actually deeds. So if okay. like a merger one was already had two deeds, you'd actually have to be in a merger of uh, like three to be able to merge those three together. So it was a little bit funky and we were all like, wow, this seems a little bit not quite right. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards when I went back over and I read it and I was like, ah, you know, so I, I did screw that up a little bit. I mean, I still made for a good game. I mean, it was still lots of fun and we, we were definitely enjoying it. It's definitely one I need to get back to the table very quickly so that I can really cement the rules and, and really understand it. Because as we know with splatter games, you you got to play them more than once oh, yeah. to, to get them going. Yeah, we got to do that. I, I often open up my phone and look at one of the uh, pages on the browser that I still have open from that past origins, which uh, says Indonesia merger cost table. And I just look at it and go, huh? Yeah, that looks pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but this also has one of my favorite uh, resources, is it called Sfiaci? How do you pronounce that? I'm, I'm asking. Sop I don't know why you're asking, Cloud. <laughs> Sopafagi. Sopafagi or something like that. What? Did it's you like do that on purpose? <laughs> you knew how to say it the whole time. <laughs> I really can't remember what it is, but it's like a, it's like a TV dinner almost, right? It's, it's That's, called a microwave meal. Yep. Yeah. You can combine spice and rice. And I just kept calling it Sapafaji. That's, they, that's they, how they I was know. pronouncing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to try it. We need to get it played soon. Uh, I've, I've been on a, a tear of picking up splatter games. It's oh, so. you me have. too. I, was, me I too. saw you picked up Food Chain and the expansion, and I tracked down a, a copy of The Great Zimbabwe. I got know. It trade, so. I just uh, I just have somebody right now going to purchase roads and boats for me. So I figure I'm gonna all right. I'm yeah, gonna complete the. Uh, I'm gonna complete I, it. Chad keeps talking all these things up, and then he he doesn't bring them over. Yeah, I so. played it. I'm never going to be able to play Roads and Boat of his copy, so I, I got to go get my own. It. I will bring it over. I'll <laughs> gladly bring it over. All right, we better get moving on here. All right, so time for a little bit of Kickstarter Corner. What? That's right, a Kickstarter corner. And we might have just brought this back for the music because people missed it. <laughs> that might be the right reason. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to just take a real quick uh, a real quick minute to talk about Tribune from Spielworks and Indie Game Studios, which by the time this drops should have, oh, I think about eight or nine days left. They've already by far reached their their goal of $8,000 a couple times over. And um, this is, it's, a, it's a, a reprinting of a classic. And this is sort of one of the worker placement giants. It was originally from Carl Heinz Schmiel, who is also of uh, DeMocker fame. And so this is sort of a limited edition. In fact, it sounds like it's only going to be available through certain channels. So it's definitely something to look for. It's two to five and then with an expansion there's going to be six players but it's very interesting basically you are placing your members out on cards you're kind of doing this set collection where you uh, want to collect these tribune cards that help you get objectives and then you're going to kind of take over these factions that help you with uh, getting bonuses and it's sort of that combo rific gameplay that you that we always talk about and really like and uh then 
you can also you're going to get new content. So in this edition, you get to send gladiators to the Colosseum. And what that does, it looks like it's kind of ups the ante a little bit. It's kind of a high risk, but high reward sort of thing. And then you have another faction with uh, unique objectives that uh, also increase the resources that you can collect, those kinds of things. Anyway, it's it's just something that you should really check out because it's one of those bedrocks of worker placement and is pretty highly regarded. So it's something that we're excited about and checking into. And like I said, you should have eight more days when this episode drops to kind of check it out on there. So this is an older game that, that Spielworks is just reprinting? Yeah, with some expansion content, basically, and some limited edition kind of deluxifying stuff. Uh, it, Spielworks and in the U.S. it's going to be uh, Indie Game Studios. Oh, but yeah, okay. I think it originally came out in 2009. Okay. Well, usually if, if Uli thinks it's a good one to reprint, then I'm usually up for... I just... Uh, I just pre-ordered uh, Grand, I want to say Grand Funk Railroad, but it's Grand <laughs> Trunk Journey. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and I, uh, so I usually like the stuff that Spillworks does. So that's, I'm, I'm interested for sure. Okay. Well, I, you know what it's time for? It's time to read our new patrons. All right. So thanks this month goes to Patrick Lather and Scott Chrisley and Corey Smalls. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah, we really appreciate the support, guys. And like we always said, uh, even if you can't support us through Patreon, which we totally understand, uh, please feel free to like and share our podcast and give us reviews and all that good stuff. We appreciate all your listening support. But that being said, one of the rewards for certain tiers in our Patreon is that you get your your top 10 read on the air and and picked apart i guess in in clef's in clef's opinion Ooh, yeah so so tony tony larn our friend tony larn is going to uh have his read today right i believe that is who we got here so uh without further ado i'm ready to start this and we'll we'll see how tony's list is all right here. let's hear it all right so we've got coming in at number 10 he's starting off good grand austria hotel yep this is a classic yep. i think Wonderful game, yeah, definitely. classic. And this is one where I would love to see like an anniversary edition where they really bling it out. Yeah, it'd be nice. Absolutely. Why don't you just go get those meeple source tokens and bling it well, out? Well, my sister, how many years ago was that? Was she said <laughs> like, she was going to start like making 10. it? I yeah. remember that. She, I was there. She said that. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have I not that. seen that yet. Yeah, yep. you know, Your dad was talking to me about the green egg, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. make these." <laughs> Thanks. Yep. I did. I had to buy some things from uh, Meeple Source the other day because I needed some discs for Age of Steam. Uh huh. Because I'll tell you this: if you put trains on your Age of Steam map and take a picture of it, you will get made fun of by interesting players. <laughs> no, I'm, t- I'm right. not kidding. No, I, it's true. It's so true. Evan made fun of me the first time ever, and I was like, <laughs> oh, man. But I will say, once you start using the discs, you'll never go back to the trains because yeah, yeah. it's just so much more cleaner and right. easier. And anyway, so I had to get those, and then I threw in... Uh, some nice barrels for a brass Birmingham. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, you know, they're just... Nice oh, things. that guy who doesn't so, bling anything out. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing a lot of that. Lately. All right, what's Tony's number nine? <laughs> All right, number... Oh, we were, we're moving back the other way here. Underwater Cities. Hey, I think with that new expansion and like two players, that game is awesome. I like it. <laughs> It's a lot a of lot. stipulations for this stipulations. game. Yeah. Well, we, you would have told me the his number 10 that you only play that at two-player, right? 
Yep. Yeah. I, so I don't play, expansion for it at three. I'll play it at three. It, like if I if it was three people that really knew what they were doing, and I didn't have a lot of people sitting there thinking, I could play it at three. But, three people yeah. gets that card row moving, which I like actually. But anyway, I think Underwater Cities deserves another shake, especially from the the root you know the root person at the if table. you yeah, and you know I'm always willing to give it a shot again. If you give if you do the expansion and it's me and you one afternoon, I will play it again. I like that idea. There you go. Yeah. I just got you on, Richie. And Richie has never played it except <laughs> solo, by the way. And that was enough. All right, number eight, and definitely for me, one of my the favorite in the series of these games, and that is Paladins of the West Kingdom. Oh, nice. That was, uh, I almost picked that up the other day when I was just shopping online. It was <laughs> it was on sale. I almost picked it up. But yes, also my favorite of the See, of the the trilogy so I've far. still had yet to play that and I'm surprised that you liked it because I've heard it's sort of the most multiplayer solitaire of the series Richie it is but it, it I don't know it was more interesting than Raiders of the North Sea for me sure I understand that yeah and like I said I mean it is very much a solitary game I mean there's not very much you can you hit certain uh thresholds or whatever that you can get to before other players but it is a you know it is solitaire but it's still a decent the mechanics are interesting mm-hmm. and some good decision making and yeah a good choice cool all right number seven uh definitely one of my uh certainly not my favorite from mr fister but certainly a great game here number seven is isle of sky very good especially with the expansions i really like the what they added with the expansions yeah that i mean i've only played the one expansion uh what's not the the journeyman the journeyman that's the one and boy, that really makes a, a lighter game a lot more uh, deeper. Of yeah, game. you got to do a lot of planning. Yeah, uh, I need to play this one. That's mm. embarrassing. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, you haven't played Isle No, I still oh, yeah, never played like that. Oh yeah, I, definitely. especially base game. Your your family, I think, would really like that. Yeah. Oh cool. yeah, they really would. I mean, simple, easy. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, number six, Fister number two. Still not the correct Fister, but uh, Mumbasa. <laughs> that is the correct Fister. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about that's not the correct Fister. <laughs> Do you guys ever play this game at two? Do you ever sit down and go, yeah, we have two. Let's really play this. No. We we have played it at two. We played it at two. Yeah, there was one day where I had Nippon and Mombasa set up and we just played it back oh, to back. Oh, we went back to back yeah. or whatever. Um, it's okay. It's fine. But no, yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, three is minimum. I like Four, push, ideal. I like having more stuff to push around out there mm-hmm. on the map. At one time back in the day, uh, I was playing two player with my friend Stacy and we decided we would just both play two two different colors so we were playing a four-player no, game nice. <laughs> it was kind of interesting <laughs> <laughs> nice experiment yeah we, ju- we just played on tabletop simulator not that long ago with josh and old cluster he started going books Ooh, and yeah, then that abandoned was a it <laughs> <laughs> abort, abort. Abort. <laughs> he started going books and then abandoned it literally uh turn two <laughs> and screwed up the rest of his game because he had started going down the books uh, the book route and i almost still caught you um uh, all right number five crystal palace Oh, oh, very good. Uh, very, I've, very solid game. I've been itching to, to play this one again. I know we... So have I, actually. We wanted to be higher on it than we were in the review. It wasn't bad, you know, but we we kind of talked about it, and and, and uh, I, I just want to play it again. And I'm curious to see if anything else is going to come out for it, so... Yeah, I got that play-in at uh, the, well, the last con uh, that... Well, I guess not the last con, but ATB con uh, with Ben... Coberly and a couple other people and it's especially for a five player euro it really hums around long and is a really solid game yeah i, I really enjoyed that player cool. count. 
All right, number four, very nice heavy new game here from uh, Simone Luciani and the Cranio team, Barrage. Yeah, that's Yo. a spot for it. I love this game. I think that was the last game I played with Tony, and I, I know why he likes it, because he slaughtered me. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. It can be a mean boy. That's a that could be a really mean game. So that's um yeah he's he really likes that one a lot. It's a good one. Now so he slaughtered you in that game, but his well I think Chad actually ended up winning that game. But both oh. of them it, it was it those was two way and ahead. Tony, yeah. and me and Brockman were bringing up the, the rear. Up there. Well, number three here was going to be the opposite for you. Which is good old Nippon. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to see that after yeah. what I did to him in Nippon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, you know, he's, he's, he knows he's got to get better at that one there. So yeah, I see a, I see a, kind of, you know, the, just a physical cartoon representation of, of Richie standing around the corner of an alley with a, with a, big <laughs> a box of Nippon oh. over, over his head waiting for somebody to cross. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, that is, I really want to get that back to the table like actual table because I, I think it'd be better if I sat down with you and we kind of discussed yeah. because I, I first when I play it online I just can't I don't I don't see it good enough right. to and, and I want to get so. back to the physical table because I have all those new factories that they do not have on the online version oh so, nice yeah for and sure I want to try those okay. out um, and then I'm just going to say his number two and number one are brass and brass so he's got Lancashire at number two and he's got Birmingham at number one yeah. So I can't yeah. solid. can't solid argue with any with of that. Yeah. yeah. Solid, solid games. He did put a small thing here at the end saying he is sure Madeira will crack his top 10, if not his top five, once he gets more plays of it. I just taught that to him um, back in, uh, well, the, officially the last con that I got to go to before the world went to the new world, um, which was uh, Great Plains Game Festival. And I taught Tony and I also taught uh, Nathan and his wife, Melissa Fort. And we I taught that game. It took a long time. It was a long teach, but they all really enjoyed it. And so, yeah. So, so I'm again, you see it, that so. they put out pictures of the, uh, they got their pre-press run of the uh, Kickstarter. So oh, did they? Yeah, oh, the Madeira go, Kickstarter expansion stuff. Yeah, and, so you can go look at like the coins, the pirate tokens and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Ooh, exciting. I actually, the other day, just taught Madeira to uh, Brent, a friend of ours, Brent. And of course, I mean, he loved it. But I tell you, I, I thought this, because we were talking about this. The pirate tokens, you know what they should be? What's that? They should be cards. Because here's the thing. Because when you, if you do have a lot of pirate tokens, you know, for one thing, you know, you got this little disc. So what are you doing? You're constantly having to flip them flip and them try to look at which one is which and everything. And I thought if they were just cards, for one thing, you could a lot easier, you know, put the ones and the threes and the, you know, sixes and the tits, a lot easier to grab. And then a lot easier just to, you know, pick your hand up and go, okay, I got blah, 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 blah. And then set your hand back down. I don't know yeah, why that never no, got mean, thought of, but that would be a lot easier in the game as opposed to having to sit there would, and flip those pirate after tokens. After seeing these pirate tokens they have for the new Kickstarter, I'm fine with it. They look pretty. They look, oh yeah, they look really God. good. You guys. <laughs> anyway, so Tony, great list. Yeah, uh, I can't find anything wrong no, with it. No, solid list. You know, well, underwater cities. But other than that, You're great list. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that already. <laughs> and and the uh, Fister games, you know, good ones, but, you know, you're, you're missing out on the best two. But anyway, so it's okay. the best one. <laughs> <laughs> and now, let's go to our review this episode. Goa <laughs> by Rudy Goodorn. <laughs> Goa 
was first came out in 2004. It is a two to four player game, lasts approximately 90 minutes. It is by Rudiger Dorn, published originally by Hans and Gluck, and then reprinted eventually by Z-Man Games. Uh, object of the game is to score the most victory points. Uh, the game is basically played over the course of two ages, which each age has four rounds in it. Uh, you'll start off each round. Every player will be placing out a different numbers on these tiles that are in the middle of the board. And then once they've done that, you will then auction off those tiles. And whoever's color is on the tile, that's the person who is the auctioneer. It is a state style where you get one bid. And the moment that you bid, that's your only option to be able to win that tile. So the auctioneer always has, whoever's tile it is, always has the last option to see if they want to outbid the other player. These tiles then, they'll have different things like they have plantations, which are going to be where you're going to grow goods, or it might be something where you're just going to get uh, ships or colonists or different things that you're going to use during the actions. Once all those tiles have been auctioned off, you go into the second part of it, which is the action phase. Everybody is given three actions they'll take turns taking those actions you'll have different things that you can do like just get more ships or get money or you can do what one of the main things in the game is called develop which is where this board that you have has five different tracks you can pay spices and ships to basically move down on these tracks and your actions will get better and better the further you move down plus it will give you more victory points at the end of the game uh, so everybody will take turns doing actions. There's ways to get extra actions and there's uh, cards that you can get that will do special actions and stuff like that. But once everybody kind of finishes with their actions, then you move on to the next round. Like I said, you're going to do that for really a total of eight rounds. And at the end of the game, the player with the most victory points is the winner. So guys, what do we what do we think of Goa here, Chad? What's what's your first your thoughts? We'll always start off with uh, arts and components. Uh, it's serviceable. It's not the prettiest game, but it kind of fits to me what the gameplay is. I think this is actually, as far as weight, I don't I haven't looked at the BGG stats, but as far as weight goes, I think it might be Dorn's heaviest game. Maybe there's there's more to think about than some of his other game designs, which are either Gateway or Gateway Plus, depending on which one you're looking at. I think this has more to think about. The components are fine. Uh, the little bidding tokens that you have, I think, probably could easily get kind of worn down because we, you handle them a lot, but everything seems pretty serviceable to me. Richie, what did you think of art and components? As far as components go, they're fine. They they work for the game, and especially since it's an older game, I think it's standard fare for Euros back then. Uh, the art is nice and ugly, so I mean, it's it's what you're going to get with that type of game. But overall, I, I, they're fine. They're serviceable. For the person who, well, you know, that I bought the game, um, I'm not putting the stickers on. I'm not wasting my time. There is no way I'm putting all those stupid little stickers on each piece because you got you got a front and back you're supposed to stick them on. That was a pain. Otherwise, I mean, it's no Everdale, but... <laughs> you, don't, you don't even need the stickers because all the wooden components have the outline. I mean, it, it's Only overkill. Color, it's like, I mean, if you're colorblind, yeah. it'll help you. Yeah, but, that's true. But I suppose, that. yeah. So, okay. So if I ever have so, to play that with a colorblind person, I'll have to put the yeah, stickers Yeah, Clef's on. just yeah. basically being insensitive to... Exactly. Yeah. Typical Clef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, definitely the the components are, are serviceable, 
Uh, but it's an older game, and you can tell it. It's it's not great, and the art's not great. But let's move on to what does make this uh, game, which is uh, the gameplay. Richie, what what were your feelings on the gameplay? I actually liked it quite a bit. I like the auction. I like the the fact that you know when you're setting out those tokens, basically the players at the table kind of direct where we're going with this auction and what we're, what's actually going to be auctioned off. And also, I really like the and we played a I played a two player game with Jessica is when you have control of that flag being able to put it like she was hurting for plantations and so i kind of put it on the side that had nothing but the the other bonuses and stuff like that and she i don't Ah. even think she was able to get to a plantation that round because i did that so it it makes it very important as far as being able to control that flag and like i said i like the fact that the the players at the table kind of direct where the auction goes so i've only played this and we're skipping ahead but i it gets to some of the bidding mechanism because i do like the auction in this and that is what is strongest to me even though i like kind of the idea of the interplay of moving up the tracks and getting bonuses before other people in certain areas but uh, i'm curious to know because i've only played this at three and four so what did you what did you think of it at two did that change for you how did you like it well richie and i were actually talking about this just a little bit before we started recording because he said he didn't mind the two-player version and i played it two-player and to me, this game is all about the auctions. That's what this game is is kind of what its heartbeat is because the actions themselves, once you get into that round, it's pretty, eh, you know, I mean, it's a lot of things are pretty scripted. Oh, I got the spices to move down this track. I'll do that. Okay, I better get make sure I'm doing this. That's kind of, eh, but the auction is where it really goes. And for me, the because the money just kind of goes back and forth between you and your bid and you know there's nothing else there you got the one shot at it then the it's like well if i bid way too much i don't know i i kept talking to the person brian who i was playing with and i was like i wonder if it would be better if it was just like we could just go back and forth to the bid or if it'd be better if it was almost like a secret bid you know like type of thing to try to make it a little bit more entertaining for the auctioning but richie you said you had a different kind of opinion on it i didn't mind it i i ended up playing because there are like there are slight rules changes between the first and the second edition and when we played as a group we played with the first edition rules and then when i played with jessica i looked up the second edition rules to try them out and one of the things that changes is that you can win your own auction like if it's your bidding token that you put out there you'll start with a, a bit of zero and then it comes back around to you obviously and then you can take that auction at a negative one discount if jessica bid five i could take the auction by saying i'll pay four and in the at least for us the the it made it interesting because there are times where you put the token on something that you really need the other person doesn't really need it and they don't if they pass you're going to get it for free so you want to bid high enough to where it kind of hurts them money-wise that they're paying out to the bank. Um, but obviously you don't want to bid too high because then you might end up just getting stuck with this tile. So I don't know. That was that interplay there was interesting at the two-player game. Okay, so would you guys, you guys would both agree though, I mean, the heartbeat of this game is auctions, right? I mean, that's really where this game shines. So in the action phase, I mean, do you find that part of the game to kind of get a little stagnant where it's just like, okay, I got to go get some ships or okay, I've got to harvest and refill up my plantations, you know? If you take too much time deliberating, yeah, it slows down and it kind of, you know, chunks along, but you aren't sure necessarily during the auction what other players are are going for all the time. And so once you see what 
actions they're starting to take, then that can sometimes change your plan, I feel like. And that's where that three and four player, it, there's a little bit more to pay attention to. Because again, racing down that that track thing can kind of can kind of right. can kind of mess with each other a little bit that way right right um i, w- I will say I, I definitely prefer the auction portion more during mm-hmm. the game uh just when you get to the actions like it's like i know what i'm gonna do you right. know what i'm saying I, like it it goes pretty quick uh, the only other interesting part there is if you can get some extra actions being able to try to fit in more stuff but mm-hmm. still sure. like I, I when i get to the, the actions part I know what I what I'm going to do, and it goes pretty quick. Right, right. Yeah, you already should have planned planned that out. Richie's right, though. Sometimes you get to the end of your thing, and you see what other people did, and you have those extra A action cards, and you're kind of looking around, and going, "Oh, well, I guess maybe I'll play I'll play this this time so that I can get this." But that's that's really one of the few times that it sort of de- deviates from the plan of after the auction. So, I mean, player count. Would we? I mean, at least I would say. I'd rather play this at four, and if I can't play it at four, I'd rather play it at three. It, would you guys agree with that, or Richie? I mean, did you find the two-player game to be good enough that you? Know, oh, I mean, I would definitely stuff? agree that. I mean, more the merrier. Like, sure. If if I can have more people there, I would definitely have more people there. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying that it was fine at two. Okay. Like, it's not. It wasn't terrible at two. I gotcha. It's really hard to do a two-player auction game well. Just period. I think the the game that does it best is probably Raw. Honestly, it, that's that's probably mm. the best two-player action auction game I can think of. Yeah. But uh, but it yeah I I don't even mind it at three. I just haven't having not played it at two. I can't speak on it, but I'm just not excited to go for that. Yeah. I just for me, I just yeah I, that four-player with the auction just it's more interesting. It's like playing two-player estates. I mean. Yeah, it's just it's not as good of game. So yeah, all right. Uh, so, what do you think about the variability replayability? I mean, is there a lot of variability in this game, Chad? I I don't think there's a lot. We we saw most of the tiles, I think, and that that are going to come out each time. There's a little bit of you know variability there that we that we haven't seen, I suppose, but. You had the expansion tiles, which I didn't play with. I think you, I think maybe Richie, you did. I did. It's the Bonanza variant, is what they they call it. And all you do is you'll shuffle up. You get these green tiles that have A and B on the back of them. You put one under each auction tile on the board in each corner. Oh, okay. And if you win that auction, you also get whatever the bonus is on that tile. So it's just making those corners oh. more valuable, yeah. kind of. Interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So. There's some room for exploration in how you're going to go down the tracks that I talked about and what maybe sort of strategy you want to focus on, you know, whether you want to try to, in our last game, Richie was moving down all of them at once and Clef, you and I were racing to get, you know, the first one in certain areas. So Mm -hmm. those kind of things. I don't think it's a really high replayability, but again, it's auction. So that ups it a little bit. Sure. Sure. Um, Yeah, I would say it's, it's fair. It's, it's not. It's a game that if I played it a lot back to back closely, it would go sit on the shelf for a while, uh-huh. and I wouldn't. It would not come out for a long time, probably. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Uh, it would be a game that probably I'll play like maybe like once or twice a year, as it is now. I mean, even with those variants, it's not. It doesn't really change up the variability. And I think if you play at the full player count, you're using all of the tiles, aren't you? Uh, it doesn't ma- the number of players doesn't matter for oh, the yeah, tiles because right. the, the, the board's so, yeah, the same. So you're, so you're just going to have tiles. less bot each right. game. Yeah. So there's four tiles, I think, that aren't in yeah. 
like for yeah some either, either way it's like not that many tiles are coming off and, and that you're you, not seeing yeah and usually the, the the tiles themselves they're not all that different i mean it's no. they're pretty much just, i i feel like what you were saying i mean i think if i played this game like three or four times in a row i would be like wow this is really the same thing every time the auction is still exciting about what you're getting but once you get to those action rounds it's really the same thing about you know what you're kind of doing so i i would say it's low on variability I still think it has some some replayability. I mean, it's still solid in that aspect, but I would agree. I don't think you could play it a lot of times in a row for, you know, and I don't mean to compare it to the estates, but the estates were, you know, it's so variable every single game on what happens. This seems like it's going to kind of go down that same path every single time. The estates also feels like you're playing the players at the table a little bit more than this does sure. as well. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to we're going to let's wrap this up and give a quick rating and just a real quick uh what you think, you know, your overall thoughts of the game. But before we do that, Richie, what is that punch board rating scale? So Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a 6-point scale with a 1 being a game that makes you miserable and a 6 being a game that could be in your top 10 of all time. Chad, what do you think of Goa? This this sits right on the edge for me. I, I really like this. I have to say it's probably, if it's not my favorite Rudiger Dorn game, it's in that top two or three, and he's he's a fairly prolific designer. Um, I like this game, and I, you, but you guys both own it, so I don't quite feel the need to own it. I would say if you like auctions, it's worth owning because it's one of those that you can say, you know, let's let's have an auction day and just play a bunch of auction games and and you know play something like the estates, play something like raw, like I mentioned, or or modern art, and then go look at what this game does with auctions and look how that kind of you know merges with these mechanisms. So it's great for that. It sits right on the corner, and like I said, it's so hard. I want to give it a four, but I'm just gonna give it a high three. I guess I I really do like it. Uh, it's not that I don't like it, but I, just because I feel like what Richie said after a few plays that it might be old and I don't have a desire to run out there and get it partially because you guys both own it. I'm just going to give it that high three for me. It's a game that I really like. And if somebody says, Hey, we want to play it. I'll, I'll be all in, but I don't feel the need that I have to have this game. So that's a three for me. How about you, Richie? I think I'm coming in right at a three as well. Cause I'm, I'm in between those two, but honestly, if I went into my game room and Goa wasn't there, I wouldn't freak out. You know, it, I just wouldn't go it away. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't freak out. I'd kind of be like, oh, it's, eh. and then I'd be like, oh, and then I would move on. And so I'm coming in at a three as well. It, it is in between that three four range, uh, but no ha no half scores around here. So I'm I'm going to come in at a three. Okay. Here's what I'll say. So the first time we played this game, and Chad, me and you were together when we first played this game at Geekway um, last year. And I played it, and I was like, I really liked this game. It was like we played four-player. It was very entertaining. You know, it was also new to me. And I went home right away, and boom, I ordered a copy. I talked Richie into buying a copy with me, you know, so we bought two ones together. German copies. And, yes, German yeah. copies. I mean, it was not easy to get. And uh, it, it sat on my shelf until the patron said, they want us to do Goa as an old game. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I got to get it back out. <laughs> and... I think it was one of those things when I first played it, it was a little bit better than what I now think it is. And I hate to do this because, boy, my friend Dan makes fun of us all the time because we all are the same rating half the time. But sometimes, <laughs> hey, great minds think alike. It's got to be a three because it's, it's not a two because it's a solid game. 
but it's not a four because I'm, I'm with you, Richie. In fact, I honestly, right now I could say I could probably put Goa on the sell shelf and not yeah. even think twice about it. It's not a game. Uh, you know, it's not a game that I'm going to be pulling out auction wise. It's interesting, but there's so many other games that I would rather play that have such better auctions, you know? And even if you go to like a simple type of game, I'd much rather play raw modern art high society any of those games would make it over this game to me because i think their auctions are more interesting and you know that the action part of that game is just as rich said it's kind of you know you just kind of know what you're doing and it just kind of flows along and it's not all that interesting to me so i got to come in at a three there you go goa threes across the board for the bunch borders let's cue that super imposing draft music we have So for our draft today, as Clef so handily mentioned, we are drafting our favorite games with physical representations of boats. I think our next one's going to be like our favorite games that have Sofiachi. <laughs> in the game? Yeah, I don't know. Well, hopefully I win the die roll. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is, if you're a certain uh, level as a patron, uh, you get to literally pick the draft we get to do. So this is Corey... Uh, I don't know if he's trying to torture us. He actually, he he gave me this option or favorite co-op games. And I told <laughs> him, I don't think we're... I could come up with four <laughs> if no one drafted either. <laughs> so we went with wooden, sh- or not wooden ships, but a physical representation of a ship that you have on the board. All right. Uh, well, before we roll, should we say what how we do the draft here at Punchboard Paradise? So we like unique lists here at Punchboard Paradise, so that's why we draft, and we are going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you'll draft first in the second round. We're going to roll off to see who gets to set the draft order. Clef does not know where his die is. So he automatically gets a zero. Um, I, you, Chad just grabbed my dice off of my desk. All right. Well, you guys both roll, and then I'll grab one of yours and All roll right, it. I got a five. I got an eight. Of course. Well, there you go, <sighs> I meant to roll Chad's dice. Uh, yes. All right, Chad. What is the order? Uh, it is me, Clef, and then you. All right. Oh, it's the first time I've gotten to go second in a long time. <laughs> there you go. Okay. For my first pick, uh, I'm going to pick a game that, honestly, I have... Uh, I, I'm not that great at yet, but I, I'm really getting an affinity for it. And honestly, some there are some times when I have a, a really hard time getting my boats. But, uh, but I'm working on it, and uh, so I'm going to go with Madeira. Madeira is a good game with with wooden boats, and sometimes I have really hard time getting the wood to make my boats. But I like Madeira a lot. It's it's one of what's your game's best games by far, and uh, it's a really thinky one. And like I said, when I play that game, I, I think a lot about the boat in it because you know it's one of those uh, King's Requests things that you often have to fulfill in it. Yeah, it is definitely important part of the strategy of the game. You pretty much cannot win that game without doing. You know, the boats and the shipping uh, well. 
Yeah, and this draft was really throwing me off because I forgot that there were boats in that game. Oh, oh, that was my I number. Know, was a big one. That was no, my number one I, on my list. Right I, there, I so. sat in front of my uh, collection and did my homework, but I, I didn't actually open them up. I was just like, yeah, that's got a boat in it. <laughs> <laughs> Do the river folk have a boat? <laughs> no, Root, Root's not on the list. Okay, all right. Uh, it te- technically has a boat, though. Or like a little... A raft. A raft. Okay. Yeah. So not technically a boat. Okay. No. All right. And I mean, well, we'll get into this later on with... we. You said ships. Uh, did, so we there did are say ships. different okay. types of ships. True. Okay. So. That's true. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So that is my number one, Madeira. Okay. Well, I got a lot of safe choices here, but we sometimes we kind of get in a rut here where we talk about the same games over and over and over again. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to go with some games that maybe, you know, I mean, Madeira's, you know, great. And there's some other ones that are great, but I'm going to go with a few that maybe we don't talk about quite as much. And the first one that I'm going to talk about that uh, has some very nice miniature ships. Uh, maybe they're not very colorful because they're just brown, but is a game that I really enjoy and I really enjoy it at five and six. And that is Empire Age of Discovery. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know this game, um, it's it's worker placement with area control. Um, you One side of the board has a bunch of spots that you can go put workers, and you actually have different types of workers. So you can get, uh, you know, like captains and missionaries and different things that do different things when they go into either the worker placement spots or over to the um, area control part. But as you place all your guys and then as you go down, you'll keep, you'll go box to box and like resolve them. And one of the boxes is you take people over to the new lands or the Americas or whatever you want to, you say, and then it can be kind of a area control where you can actually do fighting and you can, and have wars and different things like that. But for the most part, the game is pretty Euro-y for the most part. I mean, it's, it's pretty straight up. You don't roll dice or anything like that. There is um, that war section, though, which I utilized that the one time yeah, I played it yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, you did. I tried to win just on war. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't work. happen. But yeah. <laughs> that's a, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good game. That's a Glenn Drover, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's a good game. It makes me want to play it again. Uh, I, I'm glad I'm glad that you brought that up. And that actually, and that made me think of like sometime we should do another list where worker placement, where your workers do different things. That'd be an interesting Ooh, list. Too, that would so. be a really good like one that. where you have your workers are different. Yeah. All right. So All right. So anyways, one. my number two is Empire Age of Discovery. Your number one. My number one is Empire <laughs> Age of Discovery. <laughs> All right, Richie, what do you got for us? All right. And I, I, I did kind of the same thing. I kind of look for games that we haven't talked about a lot. Now, my first pick, though, I'm, I'm going to go with a safe pick just because I got two picks back to back. And we learned from Joe Farrell, he went through and did our draft stats that we were at a complete tie until last episode. Where I pulled ahead by one. So, oh, so you were trying to maintain. You might I gotta want maintain to maintain that a little bit. I got to try to maintain, <laughs> maintain that a little bit. Maintain that lead. <laughs> so I'm going to pick a, a nice, heavy, safe euro to start, and then we can get a little crazy. Okay. Uh, so one of us put this as their number one game this year, and that's Mario Kaibo. Yep, I was waiting yeah, for that one. I, so I, I had I'm it gonna on go. the list, but like I no, said, yeah, you know, I, I talked I, about I it a you. lot. So all right, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in the yep, same boat with right. you. Fantastic Fister game it is climbing up. I think it's right now. I got to say it's my third favorite Fister. I've actually been really jonesing to play Great Western Trail quite a bit here lately. I'm always jonesing to play but Great Western Trail. Okay. Either way, Meyer Kybel, we reviewed it. Fantastic game. That is my first pick. For my second pick, I'm going to go with a game that I actually backed on Kickstarter, which is rare for me. 
And I would say this is one of my favorite reprints. Clef actually has it on his shelf as well, and that's a Gizia Shifting ah, Sands. Okay. And this is one where I would say the, the reworking is better than the original game. So if you, if you have not checked out a Gizia, uh, definitely do. Great going down the, the river. You can go as far as you want, Bob C., you're passing up stuff. I, I like that mechanism. So, mm-hmm. they, and they did a fantastic job. They really the did. They really did implement this well. And I, you're right. I mean, you guys are just making me itch to play. You know, these games that we haven't played in a while. And yeah. and I I had a Geezy on my list. And the more you talk about it, and that's a nice one too. If you you know it certain games if you like the mechanism of that sort of game that's another one you can introduce to relatively new gamers and there's still plenty to do and some interaction there with taking certain cards that make your other players have to react and so that's a good one yeah i had this one on my list too so no it's a good pick and it it's got a lot of ships in it so yeah yeah double doubles up for that okay (laughs) number two is a gizia for richie all right for my number two um I'm gonna now. This is a game, and I think we've we've talked about this a little bit, but I am very different in what most people's opinion on this is. But this is my favorite Matt Gertz game, and that is Navigador. So uh, obviously, it's got lots of little ships in it. You sometimes you you try to get as many ships as you can, and you're trying to move down this uh, river to trying to you know you're trying to gain colonies, and you know then the game is all about going on a rondelle and trying to do these different actions. Um, but I, I don't know why it is, but it's just a game that I just really um, it, it's you know it's 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 more exciting for me than obviously Concordia, which we, we've talked about obviously a lot. But uh, yeah, some Navigador just I, I think it's a solid great game. And I always enjoy playing this. And I also, it's one of those games where I really feel like I can play this at all the player counts. I can play it at two, three, four, and I even don't mind it at five for for a Euro game because I think it still clips along pretty good. You know, it's so interesting to me that I I think that's a really good pick, actually. Uh, Also, that game is so much about exploration and you're using your ship to do that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's a great place for it. It's a good pick. Solid games done is his, not his best game, but one he does a lot, he does a lot of ship games because he also has Transatlantic. Yep, and they just added that to uh, Yukata, and I, and I know you didn't have a great experience with it, but I do want to. I knew like the rules were jacked um, up in the first edition. Well, I, I did play when I played the I don't know the the basic version or whatever. I was like, eh, I don't really like it. But then my friend Dan one time brought it over and said, No, you got to play with whatever the director's cut or something okay. like that. And I played it again. And I was like, Okay, this is actually a bit better i don't i I just still didn't like love it it wasn't like i was was gonna run out and buy it but i did find it better i definitely wouldn't mind giving it another shot yeah i want to give it a shot so so my number two is navigador well for my number two i will i will start with a game that actually didn't have ships in it to begin with but then the expansion came out and it did have ships in it this I don't know. This might be an illegal pick. Let's, I, I what don't, do we got I don't here? think that's no. That, there was <laughs> no stipulation. This All is right. a game, and the, and the, okay. the ships, the ships, in addition with some of the other expansion content, make the game a lot better for me. And that's okay. uh, that's Skitty or Scythe. <laughs> However you want to pronounce it. Skitty. Well, I was just doing that so you would understand what game I was talking oh, about. Oh, uh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like Scythe with the airship expansion. Also because those other uh, game goals can kind of change it up. But you you know, being able to move across, uh, across the board and interact a little bit quicker and easier. And the ships just look really cool too. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pick that. It, it was on my list as well. So I can't hmm. give them too much fun. Okay. Oh, it's good. I, I was not 
not on my list because I have not played with the airships. I, I want to because I've heard some good things and I like the idea of that variable ending. Um, I just, too many games. Just haven't had a chance to get back to the table. Sure. Yeah. All right. Good pick. Yeah, that is my number two pick, Skiddy. And next, <laughs> I feel like... Since we're going with some different, since we're going with some different games, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick one with a, basically a ship in the title, and I've only gotten to play a solo game of this, so I, I'm sure. I'm sure over time it will increase for me. But I'm gonna go with Roads and Boats from the Splatter guys, and I mean this is a great game with boats. I mean you have planes too, but you got it's all about logistics, and so you're you're basically kind of resource gathering you're building buildings and then you're trying to create these you're trying to contribute to these wonders for points basically but it's really interesting and it's kind of like scythe in that your resources can be anybody's resources so richie that's that's the kicker in this it's kind of a it's weird it's kind of like a civilization building game but not really it's more logistics but you can really interact with people's resources in there and so you can you can you can build walls so that people can't get at your stuff sometimes, but uh, it's it's really interesting. It's uh it's definitely definitely worth a look, and I'm excited to de- to delve further into my number three roads and boats. Hmm. Well, I'm excited for you to learn the rules, and I'm glad that you own a copy because I just looked up I just looked at the components. I didn't realize that there were one thousand two hundred thirty eight pieces in that box. Hey, yeah, there <laughs> that's, are. A that's ton. a splatter game for you. Yeah. <laughs> How many pieces are in antiquity? Like oh, that was million? ridiculous. One, because, I mean, you must have the first edition box. Uh, must be. Mine is the size of Knox. So <laughs> I was not expecting that. And I was like, what, what is this? I have no clue who ordered a, a child. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Clef, what is your number three? Well, for my number three, um, I'm, I'm just going to go with a nice solid choice here because, you know, we, we do after that. But uh, not a game that maybe we've talked a ton about, but my favorite Rosenberg game, and that's Lahav. You know, you got your little ship and you're just moving down that river and somehow you get back to the beginning and start again. And you just keep hopping down there. And it's such a, you know, it's such a great game in the fact that every time it's your turn, you have that decision of what great thing can I do? But yet it's still, ooh, I really need to do this, and I, but I really could use to do that. But always in the back of your mind, you've got, ooh, but I got to feed the people. And I think this game just really hums along. I like playing it at two players just because I feel like it's just a nice back and forth. Played it at three players the other day, and I, I don't mind it at three players, but I think it still kind of maybe starts to drag a little bit. And then obviously you've got less action, so maybe I'm just you know less used to it. Don't think I'd play this game at four. Definitely would never play it at five. But I still think this is a solid game. My favorite Rosenberg, and that is Lahav. Good, solid pick. Nice. Or La Harvey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of Steve Harvey when Steve you said Steve Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richie, what's what do you got for your last two? All right, so for my third pick, this was actually my first big box Eagle Griffin game. And I think this was like the first time that I spent like 80 plus on a board game. This is like when I first got into the hobby, and that is Francis Drake. Oh, and okay. It's a game that I still have. It The replayability on this game is not great. It gets a little samey once you get down to that map part. But once again, this is where you can go as far as you want down the road can't come back and you're trying to jump and, and grab different uh-huh. action spots there yep. 
uh, and then you go resolve it on the map. Uh, like I said, this is one of the, like when I, I think right after I joined BGG, I went and looked for like an, an Omaha group and uh, got in a play of this and ended up buying it. And it's still on my shelf. Every once in a while, I'll pull it down and play it. But it's got fantastic components, uh, great production, like any Eagle Griffin big box game. And uh, the ships in this are pretty cool. So. Huh. I'm kind of jonesing to play that now because it's been a long time since I've played it. And they, re- I, this was on my list. They that really those ships are really nice. And that mm. is a game you talked about it. We don't talk about it often. Where you know you you said that uh, there was some game you were just talking about where oh it's Glenn Moore where moving down didn't feel like there was that tension. That game sort of has that tension because there's enough powers and stuff that you can get mm. and getting ready for trips that you have to make right. some tough decisions on that dock. Absolutely. I mean. I would say still to this point, you know, Heaven and Ale has replaced that type, that game for me. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to pull out Heaven and Ale, you know, nine times out of ten. But still, you saying that, yeah, you know, I'd like to pull Francis Drake back out and play it again. I yeah. will I will uh, say that the expansions help that game because you can't. They do a little bit. You, did, yeah. you don't, uh, you mix it up a little bit as to where you're going on that map. So that is a nice thing. But yeah, it's tough. I don't pull it off the shelf very much because it's like three to five players and if if I'm playing with that player count, there's sometimes other stuff that I'm going to get off the shelf. Yeah. But it, it's a good game. All right. All right. So that's Francis Drake. And for my last pick, uh, this is also kind of a nostalgia pick for me. This is also a game that I played the original, which is Traders of Carthage, I believe. It got reprinted by Z-Man, and it is now Traders of Osaka. Uh, it's a little card game where uh, you are basically trading goods, and you have these little ships that are out on um, the ocean and they're kind of moving towards Osaka. Either they're moving towards Osaka or away from Osaka, but you're trying to time out getting cards out of the market and uh, getting them down in front of you to try to get your boat to deliver in Osaka. And there are, there are two spots that where the boats can, can sink and you could lose goods. So you're trying to get other people's goods to sink because they're out in the the wrong part of the ocean and trying to get your goods delivered it's got a wacky scoring system uh, once you understand it, it it's pretty easy but when you first explain it to someone it, it's confusing uh, but a solid card game uh, i'm pretty sure it's still in print like i said the latest edition would have been from z-man and it's traders of osaka i think i've played it with clef once a long time ago yeah it was a long time i remember really liking it i mean i'd be one i'd i'd love it and it wasn't a long game no it's it's a solid filler like a good 30-minute card game, basically. Yeah, good pick. And that's Traders of Osaka. Clef, what do you got for your last pick? So for my last pick, I'm going to pick a game that I haven't played in a long time. Now, I could be safe here, and I could pick, you know, Wildcatters. It's got a nice boat in it. You know, I could pick Cooper Island. It's got a couple of nice so he's ships just in it. try to kill every possible uh, pick right. for you there, yeah. so, well, No, these are good picks, Chad, and you could, you could grab these. But once again, I'm going to pick something that's a little bit different. And like I said, it hasn't, been, it hasn't won. I've played in a long time. It's another What's Your Game, but it's one that I really do need to get back to the table because it really does have some really interesting things, and that is... Tom Vassell's favorite game of all time, <laughs> Vasco da Gama. All right. So um, it's very interesting because as you, when you start to take actions, you get to pick from these numbers and they're just one through 20 and you grab these numbers and you place them up on different action spots. But then after you've done this, it actually has a little thing that it will flip over and that will move this little 
I don't know, a marker that's in between numbers and it will move it one way or the other. And if you have a number that is like behind it, you have to pay extra money or whatever to be able to do that action. Or if it's the other way, then you don't. But obviously the earlier numbers get to resolve the actions first, which can be really key because the shipping track that you kind of have to move up these boats and move up the shipping track, it's very important sometimes to be in a certain order. So it's it's very, you know, it's a very Euro-y type of game. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's pretty themeless and, you know, it doesn't matter really except for the mechanisms in it. But it's one that I've really enjoyed. It's one I don't think either one of you guys have even gotten to play it, and I haven't pulled nope. it out to show you guys. And that's that's shame on me because I really should because it is a very solid uh, Euro-y game. And, hey, it's a what's-your game. And uh, so my number four is Vasco da Gama. Nice. And that's Paolo Mori. I really like a lot of his designs. So, yeah, I'd like to play that. I'd like to play that because I'm interested in sort of the way the actions resolve in that one. Excellent. Good. Okay, so I've got a few ways I could go with this last pick. I mean, I could. I, I just could, gave you. I just gave you lots of options. Well, yeah, you did. <laughs> Those were on my list, but that wasn't what I, where I was thinking of going. Okay, I, I okay. could. I could try to win this draft just by naming Concordia for the tenth time. You know, right? Because we know a lot of people like. <laughs> no, that. You, you're right. not allowed to pick. Concordia. Yeah, I, can, I well, see. I you really want to take, to take the wallpaper off. paste or whatever. Uh, you do. I said broccoli. Sometimes, broccoli. That's right. sometimes you need that broccoli, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, I could. I could go with you know something like i really like captains of the gulf and in that one you're actually making your own boat too as well as having that you know boat that's on the a board, good pick i didn't just forgot all about yeah, that one. Good. so yeah, i, forgot I, about I that could one. go there but honestly I, there's so many things that i'm going to go with but the the one thing that sticks in my brain is just i'm going to go with the the game where the boat can also be used as a weapon in case you get <laughs> pissed off at anybody at the table and that's going to be container so these the new printing of container has these huge resin boats that are so heavy and they could be used to i mean it's a clue weapon they could be used to brain somebody in the study and so uh that's part of it now that that game is really can be really uneven uh we've talked about that but there are some games where it's just really a blast too so and that's an, another auction game that's ki- kind of a fun experiment so i i'm gonna go with my last pick being container that's a great pick. I mean, yep, we finally got list. Richie a really good game of it yeah. at ATV uh, Con. Five-player game? Was that yeah, a five-player game? That was really good. Game. Yeah, yeah, it was, really it was good. fun and exciting. Definitely think higher player counts for that game, but right. Jed, you're 100% right. I mean, if, if all of a sudden I had a break-in, that's the first game I'm popping yeah. up. And, uh, <laughs> just Someone breaks into your like downstairs. Five of those things, woo, <laughs> whooping those things. That's you. honestly your best weapon, Dad. Yeah. Okay, so there finishes our draft of games that have a physical uh, ship in it. So Chad took Scythe, Roads and Boats, Madeira, and Container. Richie took Francis Drake, Traders of Osaka, Mari Kaibo, and Agizia. Uh, new edition. Shifting Sands. Shifting yes. Sands, okay. And I took Lahav, Vasco da Gama, Navigador, in Empire's Age of Discovery. These are pretty good lists. Yeah. I would have a hard time voting. Yeah. Were there any other uh, honorable mentions that you had on, on list? I think you guys hit every... I mean, the two that I already said, Cooper Island and Wildcatters, mm-hmm. 
And then Chad had a couple of good ones there with Captains of the Gulf. And uh, I had Aquatiri, the little two-player game yes, from yeah. uh, Z-Man that actually has really good components for just a, one of those small box it games. It does. Your boat holds things. Yeah. Uh, and then I had Selenia because there's an airship in there. Oh, yeah. Best part of okay, Black right. Angel. Um, and then I did throw Cosmic Encounter. I was I was trying to go, you know, push the ship thing around. Oh, yeah, wow. Ships. I definitely yeah. was thinking ships on the ocean. I, was, I did not really think uh, sci-fi ships. I got to throw him Firefly in there. So. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Wow. I I wouldn't, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I was thinking Deus is one. You know, I, I still really like Deus because you have a. There's no physical ship in Deus, you is there? A wooden ship? I thought you did. Oh, you do, you do, because there's a, one of the pieces. Yeah. My bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. bad. No, yeah, that's right, because it, it, one of the things is the ship that yep. you put out there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, you're correct. Good. Yeah, girl. so yeah. I really like I, I like I that game that. and and the way that those card combos work. And so that was one I thought of. And another one that I that I thought of is one that I'm hoping to get my Kickstarter copy in in a few months, and that's Import Export, which is that copy of well, not the copy. That is the mashup of Glory to Rome and Container, where your ship is shipping those little blocks onto onto cards and so you've got that kind of um sh- actual shipping mechanism combined with building stuff slowly like right. glory to rome style okay right no i'm, I'm looking forward to playing that yeah, I, want to try I only yeah. i got the one play in one time a few years ago uh with jake and uh uh, I'm looking forward to playing that one again, so I'm excited for that. All right, so Corey, thanks for suggesting that. That was a good time, and I think we yeah. came up with some good games for y'all. And if you do want to get in and vote, which we'd highly encourage you to do, please come over to our guild at 3227. If you're not already on there, I'm Board Game Geek. And uh, Clef will have the poll up for you, and you can you can vote. And yeah. th- make sure to throw your list in there if there's anything that we missed. Yeah, and oh, yeah. yes, please let us know what you would put on, on your list. And also, I would encourage you not to vote for Richie this time, because he does not know what to do with uh, when he wins. He doesn't know how to do the, the do conversation. Do you want to talk about some tacos again? <laughs> no, no tacos. No tacos. You, hey, a lot of people were coming. To, Bryce was coming to my defense. Uh, Chad C. was like, I'm going out and having he some. Actually, and he's he like, yeah, these are good. You're the, you're the taco taste maker, apparently. That, that's right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you punch bunch know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, that wraps up this episode, but we've got a real treat coming up for you next episode. We are going to review the new one out from All Aboard Games, or the new reprint out from All Aboard Games, 18 Chesapeake from uh, Scott Peterson. So you guys can look forward to that. So Punch Punch, stay safe. We love you. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders. We are on Instagram at punchboardparadise and Facebook at punchboardparadise. Because next say, week oh, it's next week. Um, yeah. It's going to be uh, the, Galaxy Trucker. Yeah. <laughs> what? Galaxy I have a mini stroke right there. Oh my <laughs> god! All right. What? <laughs> okay. Next week is what? <laughs> <laughs> it's SD eighteen Chesapeake, but yeah, for yeah. some reason Galaxy. <laughs> oh my god! Came out of my that mouth. is bizarre. All right. <laughs> Oh, next episode. Yeah, <laughs> next episode. Not next week. Yeah, Richie's like, next week? What are you talking about? Uh, we're starting one a week now, yeah, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> Get to editing. Glad thing you're editing. Uh,
Well, that wraps up this episode, but we've got a real treat coming up for you next episode. We are going to review the new one out from All Aboard Games, or the new reprint out from All Aboard Games, 18 Chesapeake from uh, Scott Peterson. So you guys can look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you really did it. Do you smell burnt toast right now? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>